Rise from your grave. How about that? I'm paid as Oprah. Think I may have broke the scale because the weight is over. Wait, hold up, because they say I almost, I almost lost it. I had to reach back, back and lock it. Yeah. You almost got me. I had to reach back, back and lock it. Welcome back. And my God, does it feel good to be back. We're just going to, you know, completely pretend like I, it hasn't been a year since uh, I recorded. But I'm back, and uh, we are going to finish Lock and Key. And after that, I promise you, we're going to have more uploads. So, let's get right into this thing. Uh... Episode 2, Trapper slash Keeper. We start the episode with Bodhi sitting at a table drawing a key. He has a special mission written up about confronting the Lady in the Well. I have my own plans for the Lady in the Well, but let's try to keep this PG. Like that's gonna fucking happen. Nina arrives to startle him. She says Duncan is coming from Boston to help them settle in. Nina asks why everyone is being so quiet, and at that point I realize that Kinsey is also at the table. She asks if Nina remembers anything about last night. And Lena says she doesn't remember being trapped in the mirror room. So she's just like, that weird mirror? Oh, I'll, I'll get that fixed eventually. Kinsey blames it on mold, but Bodhi says she's a grown-up, so that's why she doesn't remember. Because, of course, his frame of reference is the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Which, he oddly is correct on this. So I guess that, you know, whatever. Kinsey starts being a cunt to him, so he walks over to Amir, puts, his, puts the key in, and asks Mira Kinsey if she's just a mold hallucination. Mira Kinsey beckons to Kinsey, and, yeah. Tyler runs over and takes the key out, and asks if this is the only key he found. Bodhi says yes, and then Kinsey says, well, what about the Anywhere key? And Bodhi lies, saying he lost it. Of course, if you do not remember the first episode... I mean, you can go back and listen to my review of the first episode. I know it's it's been a year. I, I get that. Shame on me. But, of course, uh, they found the mirror key. They, they turned it onto the beer, and then Nina and Tyler both got trapped in there before getting back out. And um, the woman in the well house managed to get the Anywhere key from Bodhi by telling him she could help save their mother, and then she just fucked off. Tyler and Kinsey fuck off to school, and Tyler beats up with Javi, and he introduces him to Kinsey. Back at the house, and Bodhi is walking around with a rainbow light-up sword and a G.I. Joe. He gets spooked by Duncan, who's taken a dump. Not sure when he got here. I still have my questions on Duncan, because he just sort of popped up, and this is the same day. And they said he's coming to help us out. Not that he was here. So, weird, but whatever. Bodhi tells his G.I. Joe that he needs more powerful weapons and goes after a sword mounted on the wall. But before he can cut his own cock off, he hears a key whisper to him. He follows the noise, and he takes out a vacuum cleaner and opens up the bag to find a key. It's shaped like a head. Now, question. 
did somebody in the house vacuum up this key? Or was this key placed into the bag and hidden away? Because I don't know about you, but like when I first move into a house, especially one that's been kind of abandoned for a while, I tend to want to clean up a little bit. And uh, yeah, that key could have been thrown away. So that would have uh, been a real damper for the plans of the house, I guess. Hobby drives to school with Kinsey and Taylor. He parks in a... Tyler, not Taylor. He parks in a handicapped spot and says he pulled a hamstring last week and needs to take it easy. Javi's kind of an asshole. Javi asked Tyler how it was slaying Eden's puss, and Brinker, who was Javi's friend, calls him Lockstock and Two Smoking Titties. As Eden walks past them. This is awkward. Back at Keyhouse and Ellie Whedon, who was Rufus's mother, arrives with some artisanal gin. I don't know what artisanal gin is. I don't know what makes it different from regular old get-you-fucked-up gin, but I'm sure it's good. Rufus, of course, is the... How's the best way to put this? I suppose he's mentally challenged, um, but he is working as the groundskeeper for Hill House. Or not Hill House, Jesus Christ, wrong show. Uh, for Key House. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Ellie is his adopted mother because she is African-American and Rufus is white. Nina says she found a photo of her yesterday, and she shows her a picture of Rendalina's friends. Uh, Nina gets a call from Bernadetta at the Academy saying that they have not received, received the tuition from her, and Ellie looks at the picture and sees a shadow behind Rendell's head in the photo. It's booby times. Ellie then fucks off as Bodhi is trying to the head key on different doors. He then heads outside and finds a cabin, but the key doesn't work. Now then Rufus is just standing behind him, staring at him. Rufus says, I'm sorry, I, be I believe I scared you. Uh, and I am adopted. I mean, I'm glad you put that all out there. Bodie says they have the same G.I. Joe. And Rufus says that Bodie's has an M16, while his has an M16 machine gun. How old is Rufus again? So, so that's a little, little weirded out by this. But, uh, you know, sure, whatever. Bodhi calls him a weapons expert, and Rufus says he's an agent of peace, but he doesn't know his shit. Bodhi asks how, or asks what weapon he can use on something that he is not quite sure if it's human, and Rufus, Rufus opens up the shack and hands a, I don't know what, an eight-year-old? A fucking bear trap. A bear trap. One, why does he have a bear trap? Two, why would you give a child a bear trap? Bodie wonders what the woman in the well house even wants. Well, I think she made that pretty clear last time when she left and asked you to go find more keys. We cut to said woman, looking like a goddamn snack, while sitting in a cafe where, with the Anywhere key. Well house hottie starts stuffing her face with pancakes, waffles, and hopefully my dick. She dips her fingers in the coffee, just like I'd... Uh, never mind. She asks where the bathroom is and uses the key to dine and dash. She enters a high-end clothing store, gets nude, and changes into a hotter outfit. Sadly, we don't see anything. She then fucks off to a jewelry store and steals a necklace before leaving for a club. She then takes some dude to a room and starts fucking him, and she asks to get choked. I mean, that's hot. Then turns him over and chokes him to death. I mean, at least he died doing what he loved. Hot chicks. 
Cut to Kinsey in, a, in the lunchroom. She sits by herself, and Tyler walks in and decides not to sit with her. So then Scott sits down and apologizes to her about yesterday. Some hot bitch walks up to say she is going to be late because she's getting her hair blown out. I mean, the jokes just write themselves, people. Scoot. Scoot. <laughs> He's, his name is Scott, but it's only one T, so it constantly looks like either soot or scoot. Sorry. Scott explains that he is part of the Savini Club, and they are making a horror movie. Said hot chick is his heroine, not the drug, but the, you know, uh, female equivalent to hero. Not fucking Shiro, or whatever the fuck idiots are saying now. There was already a word for it, you don't have to make up a new word. He says the film is called The Splattering, which is what I would do while looking at pictures of the Wellhouse Lady. And he says it should be The Spattering, because it's blood spatter, not blood splatter, but nobody gives a fuck. I'm with you, dude. But, yeah, splatter sounds more fun than spatter. Joe Ridgway, dean of 11th grade, I didn't know they had a different dean for each grade, but sure, uh, talks to Nina. Joe says he will look out for Tyler, and how much Tyler reminds him of Rendell. Joe says Rendell, Ellie, and the rest of the group were tight-knit, much to Nina's surprise. She says that Rendell said he was a loner. Joe then says it's a tragedy what happened to those kids. And Nina, again, is dumbfounded as she has no clue what, that they are mostly fucking dead. Tyler arrives at the activities fair to apologize to Jackie, the one that he actually wants to fuck, and to say that nothing happened between him and Eden. She tells him, I know you didn't fuck Eden, because we're friends. But maybe Javi and Brinker should know that as well. Then he just stares at her like a dick. It's a real, real weird way to like try to gain someone's affection. But he is staring at her like a dick because he is remembering the time that he went to go talk to his dad, Rendell, who asks him about Sam Lesser. He asks him to hang out with Sam to help Sam with his clear issues. Uh, that will end well for him because, of course, Sam Lesser is the one who murders Rendell. Nina drags Tyler out of school to see how he's doing, which is great for his popularity, and she tells Tyler to look out for Kinsey before fucking up. Tyler watches as the uh, handicapable jock keys Javi's car. And Tyler just is like, whatever, I don't care. Bodie, still left alone in a new town, visits a hardware store run by motherfucking Tom Savini. He asks if they sell any keys that look like the head key. Tom says it's cool, but nah. He asks to see it, and then after discovering that, hey, this is pretty cool, it's pretty light, he turns around, and while he is rummaging around looking for something, a keyhole opens in the back of his neck. Bodie tries to put the key in, but Tom turns around, and Tom gives him a jar of random keys. What a nice guy that almost had a key inserted into his spine. That would have been a weird ordeal. Also, uh, if you're going to look, I mean, spoiler alert for what this key actually is, but if you're going to look into Tom Savini's mind, you are going to see things that you should not see as a preteen. I'm just going to say that. Um, also, shout out to Tom Savini, who recently got hit by a car, uh, that's not funny. It's just, it's, it's funny because of his attitude towards it. We're just like, whatever. I'm fucking Tom Savini. You can't kill me. Uh, he got pretty fucked up, but he is going to recover, which is good. Cause Tom is a great guy. Nina is either at the same hardware store, which is not likely, or she's at another hardware store, which is equally not likely considering it's a small town, but apparently there must be two hardware stores because she's standing in a 
aisle and grabs a hammer off the rack. And I know for a fact that she was not with Bodhi this entire time. But she does grab a hammer off the rack and it's covered in blood. Look, I appreciate recycling as much as the next guy, but clean that shit up first. She flashes back to crawling on the ground as Sam searches for Kinsey to murder next. She nails him in the back of the head with a hammer, and then, yeah. She flashes back to present time, and the hammer is clean. It was a hallucination. Kinsey finds a script stuffed into her locker from Scott. Tyler walks up next to her. She bitches at him for not eating with her. I had to carefully say those words. Tyler apologizes for it and says he's just trying not to lose it. He gets a text from Javi and blows off Kinsey again. It's kind of a dick move, bro. Ellie comes to pick up Rufus, and Nina takes the time to ask about the tragedy. Ellie says there was an accident where three of their friends drowned. They were in the sea cave, and they were partying in the only place I would ever throw a fucking party, a fucking cave with a rising tide. Uh, She does not go into too much detail other than we were celebrating, and then the tide came in, I guess. So somehow they drowned? I guess they were... She's insinuating that they were too drunk to realize that they were getting washed out to sea. Bodhi brings a literal fucking bear trap up to his room and starts trying to open it, almost losing his fucking fingers. Like, pro tip, don't open a bear trap with your bare fingers. Like, use some kind of apparatus to pull it apart, so that way if it does slip and and snap shut, it's not going to tear your fingers off. He puts a blanket over the top of it and then puts a random key in the center of the bear trap. Javi says hi to Logan, who was the dude who keyed his car as they get some beer. The store owner catches them trying to steal beer, and Tyler asks him to put it back as the other two bail. The store owner starts to call the cops when Logan walks up on his prosthetic legs and thanks them for holding his beer for him. Logan shows him ID, which is clearly fake, and the guy asks if he even knows Tyler. And the kid's, the kid's like, well, yeah, I do. That's, that's fucking, that's Tyler. And, uh, yeah, that's Tyler. He, uh, his dad died, remember? Um, so it was a sad thing, right? How do you account for everything that happened before that, though? Like, two kids stole beer from you. The third one got caught. And then this other guy comes up and he's like, no, no, that's my beer. And you're just like, well, fuck those other two guys. Weird. Just odd. The wellhouse lady arrives from a carnival holding a giant bear. She tells Bodhi she had a great day because of him. She then notices the key and bends down to let the trap rip the bear's face off. She gets upset and tells him to find more keys and give them to her. Then she chokes him a bit, which I thought was her thing, before dropping the bear and fucking off again. I do like her. Um, I, I know her actual name. That's going to be in the series, but I can't. I don't want to say it until it actually shows up, in case you are just listening to me recap these instead of actually watching them. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see more out of her. And uh, yeah, I, it was cool that she realized that he tried to put a fucking key onto a bear trap. Like it was pretty obvious that something was fucked up there. We are with the Savini Club as they are getting set up. Gabe, it's a new character, walks in wearing a lobster costume. He is Necropla, half-man, half-lobster. Zadie says that she worked it out that Necropla will cut off the head of the actor 
which is just a dummy that's made up to look like Scott, and will drench Eden in blood. Eden says, I don't like this. She objects to getting covered with literal blood, and they tell her it's in the script, and she says, well, I thought that you, like, it wasn't actually going to happen. So then she says it's either her or the blood, and they all vote to dump that cunt. Zadie says, hey, Kinsey can do it. She's a chick. Scott objects, obviously knowing her history, but she says she can do it. They set up a dummy Scott next to Kinsey, and she reads the script, and they start recording the scene. Kinsey walks in with popcorn, snuggles up next to the dummy, Gabe walks in and comically cuts the head off of the dummy, and then blood showers all over her, and Kinsey then freezes up. They cut, she starts to cry, and apologizes, and Scott tries to comfort her. That's weird, it went exactly how he thought it was going to go. Huh, maybe he should have tried a little harder to... But, eh, you know, whatever. Duncan and Nina are eating dinner by themselves, and Nina asks why Rendell never told her about the drowning. He doesn't know what she's talking about. He claims he doesn't remember any drowning. Duncan says Rendell was a lot older than he was, and he says he doesn't know why he doesn't remember. Kinsey then walks in covered in blood and tells Nina to chill, it's fake. She then goes upstairs, still covered in fake blood, and sits on her bed. Like, take a fucking shower first, lady. She remembers Rendell getting, gifting her the bracelet and talking about how he was lucky that he had the family he did. And she starts to cry in the bed. Cut over to Bodie, who puts a fucking key into his neck and turns it. As he does, he, he freezes up, and the shot turns a little bit, and we see that there is another Bodhi now standing in the room. And there's also a large box next to him. He opens up the box and looks inside. Tyler arrives, and Kinsey says she covered for him with Mom. Kinsey says he used to talk to her about everything, but now he won't talk to her about anything now that the real shit is going on. They are interrupted as they both notice that Bodhi is just standing there staring at the wall, but they didn't notice the giant box where they walked by. Bodhi opens the box and tells him to follow him. They look at each other and Tyler says, What the? As we cut to black. <laughs> so, episode two. And uh, still doing some world building, which I understand, uh, but we're getting there. Uh, we're starting to get a little bit more of the mysteries. We're starting to find more keys. I'm really interested to see if we continue to kind of go down this path of, of having one key kind of be the focus of each episode. Like the first one was uh, very much the mirror key. Like that was the story of it. Uh, the second one here was very much the anywhere key, as we got to see uh, the lady in the wellhouse kind of flit around and use it uh, quite a bit. So next episode... Uh, I'm hoping to see a little bit more of the hat key, and then maybe we'll kind of set up one from after that. But we'll see. Um, but, as I said, I will be back with another episode of this. I have the entire season all ready to go for you guys, so uh, you can you can rest assured that uh, you will have an episode of this at least once a week. I'm still deciding if I want to do once a week or, or twice a week on these episodes to at least get uh, finished with the season so we can move on to either a new show or maybe a couple movies, uh, but we'll see. But thank you again for your patience. If you are still subscribed, if you are a new subscriber, you know, go back to, uh, and, and listen to some of my older stuff. Uh, it does get better if you're starting from the beginning. I'm sorry. 
Uh, I was, you know, still trying to find my groove, and I think I still am trying to find it. But, uh, yeah, um, with that, I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.